Begin Podfix Network transmission in three, two, one. This is Bewilderbeasts, an infotainment show dedicated to inspiring curiosity for all ages by investigating the ways animals intersect at humanity. I am not a historian, an ethologist, a researcher, a scientist, a zoologist, a trained audio engineer, or an expert in, well, anything. Y'all, I'm lucky if I can remember to put my clean laundry in the dryer before it gets funky. And while I make every effort to present things as accurately as I can with a fun flair, I'm going to mess up. And that's okay. I hope I've given you a nice place to jump off from on your own adventures into curiosity, or at the very least, I've given you the key to win your next round of trivia. Hello and welcome to Bewilderbeasts. I'm your host, Melissa McHugh McGrath, recording 2,806 kilometers from San Jose, Puerto Rico. Today in Bewilderbeasts, as promised, a dolphin's tail. You ready? Let's do this. Yo, thanks for joining today. Today's episode, as promised from last week, is intertwined with last week's prosthetics episode. You don't need to have heard how prosthetics work or the other animals and stories to get this one. So if you're just dipping your toe in for the first time, welcome. I ended up, thank you, by the way, I ended up getting several ideas from listeners from last week's episode on other animals and stories to cover in the future. So thank you a ton for writing in. I've got a lot of digging to do, but if you forgot or you just thought of an idea, go on ahead. Send it into the show, the animal of your town or your community that has inspired people or that people know about the lore of the animal in your town. Uh, I'm going to do one on the two moose that died locked in battle from New Sweden, Maine. So if you have some really cool things like that, Um, or a squirrel that is just terrorizing a guy's yard, and so he's building harder and harder obstacles for that squirrel to get to the bird feeder. Anything like that, send it in. I'm especially interested in the famous animal in your area that everyone knows about. Like small town, large city, doesn't matter. Heck, Somerville, Massachusetts had a turkey that wandered the streets for quite some time. This is the densest populated city in all of the United States' New England, and it just had a wild turkey just chilling, waiting in line at Dunkin' Donuts, strutting down the street, all of it. So if you have a celebrity creature in your neck of the woods, don't be shy. Please send it in, and I'll add it to the list. There's also a way to record a voice message right from the website if you prefer. If typing's not your thing, if it, I mean, I know for me it's sometimes easier to record voice texts to friends, too. So if it's easier for you, especially if you're a younger listener, you can go ahead and you can just click the little button and record a message. I just want to make sure it's an accessible medium for everyone. So again, special thanks this week goes out to my daughter, AC, who put in the entire idea of prosthetics on my radar. And she noted specifically the dolphin Winter, who we are going to be talking about in great detail today. So Ace read about Winter in school, came home, and shared this story with a special note that it should be on the podcast. Well, kiddo, asking ye shall receive. So let's go and meet Winter, the dolphin with a prosthetic tail. 
December 10th, 2005. Jim Savage was out in his boat preparing to enjoy a day of fishing in Mosquito Lagoon. The lagoon part sounds really nice. Not so much the mosquito part. This is near Cape Canaveral, Florida, known for the space shuttle launches. As a fisherman, Jim noticed something moving in the water. As he got closer, he noticed that this was a baby dolphin in a whole lot of trouble. The baby was assumed to be about two months old and she was about 75 pounds. And this 75 pound baby dolphin was entangled in a crab trap line. She had been there for quite some time and there was no sign of mama. The trap ropes had cut off circulation to her tail and it was wrapped around her head too. And as dolphins need air to breathe and water to survive, all Jim could do was cut the line and hope that she just swam away, happy ending, podcast over. But that's not what happened. When she didn't swim away, Jim knew something was very wrong. He happened to have majored in marine biology, so he knew her injuries were life-threatening. He called a rescuer who worked with dolphins to come and help. Jim was already soaking wet because this hero just jumped in to save the dolphin. He was not going to leave her side. He stayed by her head until help came. And when the help comes and looks worried, you know it's bad. She just said, I don't think she's going to make it. And truth be told, most dolphins with significant injuries to their tails just don't survive in the wild. Most dolphins trapped in monofilament and crab trap lines die. But the tail specifically is a necessary means of moving around, getting air, being a dolphin. It, it also helps regulate temperature and helps with communication. All of it. Back then, the aquarium's first priority was to save the dolphin's life. She was transported to Clearwater Marine Aquarium for care. In 2005, Clearwater Marine Aquarium was also in trouble. They were at a crossroads. Would they be able to stay afloat? When CEO David Yates took over as CEO of Clearwater Marine Aquarium in 2006, it was virtually unknown and almost broke. He said, quote, the first week I went home to my wife and said, honey, I think I just became the captain of the Titanic after it hit the iceberg. I'm not sure what I'm doing with this. But what Yates did over the course of 13 years was turn an aquarium into a tourist destination and winter the baby dolphin was a huge part of this. So Clearwater has always been committed to rescue, recover, release. They were a small wildlife rehabilitation center and when the injuries were too substantial, they could become residents with enrichment programs or used to educate the public and help with conservation efforts for the environment and for other wild animals. These are all generally considered good things. So in comes an eight-week-old baby dolphin with a busted tail who may not even survive the night at the turning point of the Clearwater Marine Aquarium. And according to CEO David Yates, quote, no matter what happened to her medically, she just got sicker and sicker, but she refused to give up. Eventually, she grew stronger and began to eat and showed signs that she would make it. And that's when the focus shifted from life-saving efforts to tail-saving efforts. She was going to live, so they had to give her a name. She was found in December, so she was named Winter. They tried to save the tail, but the damage was so severe. They had to amputate it. How on earth would a dolphin live and move and swim without her flukes? Well, like many other animals with amputations, she figured out a way. Instead of using her tail in an up-and-down motion like whales and dolphins do to move around the ocean, 
She used her tail stump more like how a fish or a shark would move, swishing from side to side. She also used her flippers to swim. But uh, don't dolphins use their flippers to swim? No, and I didn't know this either. They are used primarily for navigation and steering, not like how a penguin would use it for like flying underwater. If you think about swimming like a dolphin in a pool or a lake, you jump up, you arch your back, and you usually keep your arms to your sides, right? You use your feet and your legs like a tail-like thing. So by using her stump side to side and her flippers to fly through the water like a penguin, she was putting a lot of strain on her spine and back. But she was moving around, she was swimming, and she was fast. And thinking about the options for winter, veterinarian Mike Walsh had an interesting idea. He reached out to the hangar clinic in nearby Sarasota, Florida to get some expert advice and help. So what is the hangar clinic? Well, back in 1861, during the United States Civil War, soldiers, lots and lots of soldiers, needed prosthetic limbs and hangar stepped up to the plate because it turns out cannons do a lot of damage to a human body. And in the Civil War, before we even had effective medicine or antibiotics, these soldiers needed legs and arms and prosthetics. And today, the hangar clinic is still in operation, but instead of old-timey prosthetics, which were, admittedly, incredible feats of the time, they now focus on modern state-of-the-art technology in the form of prosthetic limbs, braces, cranial helmets, biomechanics, other devices that help people all over the world. So Dr. Mike Walsh reached out and was put in touch with Kevin Carroll. He was the vice president of Hangar Prosthetics and Orthotics in Bethesda, Maryland. And guess what? Kevin Carroll happened to love dolphins, and he had already heard about Winter's Tale on the radio. Kids, a radio. This was a device used to stream music, news, sports, and other things via radio waves. Not unlike Bluetooth, but unlike streaming services that you are accustomed to, you had to listen to just what was on the channel. You couldn't pick, you couldn't rewind, you couldn't pause, you couldn't fast forward. The radio waves were a train that moves on with or without you. So Kevin Carroll knew that if this dolphin continued to swim in this unnatural way, without her tail and using her fins and using her flippers for like little arms, she would probably develop further problems in her spinal cord. And if you go to look at a photo of Winter today, you can probably even see the muscles in her back and body are a little unusual because she had to build up different muscles to move around without a usable tail. Attaching a complete fluke and joint onto an inexperienced dolphin had never been done before. But the team was willing and ready to try. If Winter was going to put in all this effort to swim and survive and fight and live, these humans could try everything to save her and they did. By using what Austin Powers famously called freaking laser beams, the hangar clinic was able to make a perfectly fitted tail that would help Winter. But how to attach it? Dolphins don't really have a natural waistline to cinch a belt, hips to secure a tether, or shoulders for super cute suspenders to hold up her tail. Whatever they came up with had to fit her and move with her and help her not hurt her and it had to be waterproof. Dolphins have incredibly delicate skin. Most adhesives would damage or do more harm if they were to just do what I do when something needs to be attached, slap a bunch of duct tape on it. Couldn't do that, so the team had to figure something else out. 
Kevin Carroll said that he tried several substances until he found something that was easily and commercially available that they could use that would work for Winter and her skin. They created a liner of sorts, which is now trademarked as Winter's Gel Prosthetic Liner. This liner slid over the stump of where her body abruptly ended and allowed the prosthetic tail to be secured snugly without causing pain or rubbing or tightness. But could she swim? Ah, oh, heck yeah, she could swim. She zipped off like this was her tail all along. She even participated in getting the tail on and off by learning how to pose for her team to get the liner and her tail on her smoothly. About a year later, Kevin Carroll thought, well, if this helps a dolphin, maybe I can help people. And going back to the war roots of the hangar clinic, Kevin Carroll decided to try Winter's gel material to help Brian Colfidge. Brian had lost both of his legs and his right hand in 2004 during a mortar attack in Iraq. Brian had prosthetics but was suffering greatly from a severe skin reaction from where the body connected to the prosthetics. So Kevin Carroll thought about Winter the Dolphin and was able to experiment with this substance. He ended up trying to use it as a cushion between the prosthetic leg and the connection point to Brian's body. Brian went on to say, quote, I didn't think this was going to work. But it was like the difference between night and day. It was perfect. Um, well, it was perfect. If you Google his name, it didn't really turn out all that great for Brian Colfidge. <laughs> Turns out he was arrested in 2020 on fraud charges with former President Trump advisor Steve Bannon. Whoopsie. General rule of thumb. Don't hang out with Steve Bannon and don't defraud donors out of hundreds of thousands of dollars while you were screaming about other people stealing money. Eek. So, Winter's journey went on to help many, many, many people go on to walk and run and play and swim and fly and climb and more comfortably just exist in the world. But her story doesn't stop here. Because her story circulated more and more because now the very useful internet was connecting more people, Warner Brothers Films decided to take her story and turn it into a major blockbuster event. The movie Dolphin Tale and the sequel Dolphin Tale 2 starred Winter and the other residents of Clearwater, including the star of Dolphin Tale 2, Hope. I mean, if you get to swim and hang out with Harry Connick Jr., Mr. Norland's Jazzy Christmas himself, Ashley Judd, and Morgan Freeman, the voice of God, I think you're probably doing okay for yourself. Two movies, six scholastic books, documentaries, a Nintendo DS game, everyone was coming to Colin to meet and feature this inspirational dolphin. But how much of an impact did she have? Sure, the commercialization of her story was a double-edged sword. You could look at it and think, this dolphin is a wild animal. She did not ask for fame or anything. But it is undeniable that the connection between kids especially and animals is powerful. And when kids from all over the world were introduced to Winter's story, this was a dolphin who wouldn't give up, a dolphin who didn't have a tail, a dolphin who had a prosthetic and could do everything a normal dolphin can do. This is especially important for kids who were missing limbs or didn't fit in or had too much to overcome that it felt crushing. They needed to see this and it helped them. The Make-A-Wish Foundation is an organization who steps up to help kids with serious illnesses to make their dreams come true. From meeting celebrities to seeing something important to them, the Make-A-Wish Foundation makes dreams possible for kids, and Winter the Dolphin was one of the most popular wishes 
particularly for kids who lost arms or legs. In fact, remember Jim Savage, the guy who went fishing and saved the baby dolphin in 2005? 14 years later, he went back to visit Winter. And with him was his grandniece, 13-year-old Grace, who happened to be diagnosed with DeGeorge syndrome. This happens when a teeny part of chromosome number 22 is just missing. And as a result, people with DeGeorge syndrome might have heart defects or a compromised immune system that makes it hard to fight off common illnesses. They might have delayed development or low calcium levels that lead to other complications and a whole list of other symptoms. As Grace faced more challenges due to her syndrome, she connected more and more to winter. Make-A-Wish in Oregon fully funded a trip for her to go meet this dolphin in person and Jim, who had only met Grace when she was a little baby, was able to come and meet his niece and winter in person. Quote, on that day 14 years ago, I never expected it to turn out like this, said Jim. CEO David Yates, who took on the rehab center when it was likely to sink, stated that studies indicated that after winter and her story became more circulated, the aquarium, and likely specifically winter, was able to put $500 million a year into nearby hotels, the aquarium, restaurants, the entire county economy was affected by this dolphin. It completely and utterly changed the landscape. And as a result, an $80 million expansion increased the size of the visitor area, the parking lot, the new rehabilitation facility for manatees. Not bad for a rehabilitation center that used to be a water treatment plant. Winter and her friends also got an 80,000-gallon pool. After 16 years at Clearwater Marine Aquarium, Winter started to show signs of distress and illness. All signs pointed to gastrointestinal infection. And in November 2021, aquarium staff said her condition was critical. As they were preparing to do an exploratory surgery to see what was wrong, I mean, how could they help her without knowing what it was that they had to fix? She died, surrounded and supported by the aquarium staff who loved her and cared for her. And it turns out the necropsy showed that she died of a twisted intestine. This dolphin meant so much to so many people. The aquarium ended up shutting down for a whole day to give staff and the community a chance to grieve after her death. A memorial was put up in front of the aquarium for people to bring cards and leave notes and place their memories of winter. And it sounds like this is going to remain in place as a permanent installation in front of the aquarium. Additionally, thanks to other advancements in technology, guests of the aquarium will one day be able to virtually swim with winter and interact, not unlike the two-pack hologram that keeps coming up on the show. The winter's endowment which is basically a ton of money, will go on to help other animals at the aquarium, including that rehabilitation center for turtles and manatees who are in a lot of trouble. So what happened to Winter's body? Well, she was cremated and her ashes were returned to the wild in January 2022 in the Gulf of Mexico. She was released in a salt urn. I want to end with a quote from Jim Savage. Almost 16 years ago on a nasty fishing morning, I cut this tough little girl out of a crab trap she was entangled in. I fully expected her to swim away and be a great story. Her swimming days were over, but her story was just starting. The people she entertained, educated, inspired, and influenced will forever remember her. 
I will feel her in spirit on every lagoon fishing trip. And that is the story of Winter the Dolphin. Thanks, y'all, for joining me today on Bewilder Beasts. If you have ideas for the show, or if you also have read a cool book about an incredible animal or a human helping an animal, I would really love if you would send it in. Here's how you do it. Email bewilderbeastspod at gmail.com, tweet at bewilderedpod, or go to the website bewilderbeastpod.com. There you can record a message, send a note, anything at all. Oh, and you can listen to every single episode on the free feed from that website. I am Melissa McKee McGrath with Mudstuff Media. Now go get curious. I got a lot of information <laughs> from people way smarter than me, including cmaquarium.org, wikipedia.org on Winter the Dolphin, twitter.com, seeker.com, cbsnews.com, mainpublicpbslearningmedia.org, patch.com, apnews, and wtsp.com. Check out the Patreon for goodies, including a feed with bonus episodes just for supporters, stickers, a pin I'm designing that will just poof magically appear in your mailbox of supporting folk, and thank you so much. Intro and outro music is Tiptoe Out the Back by Dan Leibowitz. Interstitial music is by MK2. All additional music and sound effects and everything is found at pixabay.org and freesound.org. Thanks so much for listening. I will see you next week. You've been listening to a podcast of the Podfix Network. Discover more audible gems like this at podfixnetwork.com. Make sure to catch up-to-the-minute network shenanigans by following at Podfix on Twitter, official underscore Podfix on Instagram, at Podfix Network on Facebook. And make sure to subscribe to Podfix Presents wherever you choose to find podcasts. The Podfix Network, artist owned and loved.